Gesticulation. Gesticulation, yes, yes, good yes, word. Go. Thank you. Welcome to Play It Back. I am Jared Anderson. And I'm Michael Root. Mm, let me drink some. Excuse me. This is the show where everything is TV and the points don't matter. We have Scott again this week. Hello. He is here to talk with us about a TV genre yeah, that is we'll of go with interest genre. to him. We'll just give it uh, give it over to him. Let him let, let you go ahead, Scott. Yeah. So uh, I watch a, a I feel like I watch a really wide array of television. Uh, I've gotten a little bit more specific over the last like year and a half. Um, through like college and grad school, I habitually would wake up really early in the morning and just carry my iPad from room to room while doing morning things, yeah. just like binging through anything I could. That's cool. yeah. uh, I got a hold of Netflix uh, really late in the game for a lot of people in 2012, uh, so a lot later wow. than some people, and just like took off into shows. I was between, it was like right after I graduated from college. And before starting grad school, and I was between jobs for a month, and so I just started watching through everything I could, and it just kind of like kept going through until like the last year or so, and then I just had more stuff to do in the morning, so I couldn't really like carry it. And I also kind of ran out of catching up on shows I yeah. hadn't watched before, but so I started um, really falling into like looking for the same types of shows and the same types of shows, like a lot of people do. I don't do, I mean, you watch a lot of popular stuff that you hear about that's really really good. But I started like going back to my roots and watching shows that like, okay, so what did I watch a lot of when I was growing up that I really, really liked? And so uh, with like the, the genre of TV noir, so that's, I don't think people would really necessarily recognize that as a genre. Are you guys familiar with like noir as a yeah. genre? Can you just define it? Yeah, I can in case any listeners don't know yes. what it is. So um, without going into a lot of detail and history of it, noir um, typically are like dark, darker, grittier, uh, detective-driven dramas. Uh, detective or beat cops, uh, usually with really, really complicated characters. No one's really perfect. Maybe even like some anti-hero type archetypes. Mm -hmm. There's also usually someone who you might call like a femme fatale. There's usually mm -hmm. kind of like this twin thing between like a femme fatale and this anti-hero uh, loose cannon cop mm -hmm. or uh, really, really rough around the edges detective um, or just kind of really like bonkers characters. Mm -hmm. I'll, I'll, I'll talk about that in a minute. So I, I know like the, you we see this uh, like, there's not a ton of what I would call TV noir um, series going around because I don't really don't think they do well most of the time mm. because when you look at a lot of the ones that work really well, and I'll talk about some of them in a minute, um, they're not shows that have a story that can sustain longer than like two yeah. seasons. Right. And I'm fine. I'm for one. I'm fine with that. I, I like the idea of shows that do something like um, an anthology type thing. So. 
uh, American Horror Story is not really well. There's some noir elements in some of the seasons, but that would be like the anthology. So you have yeah. like this self-contained like 22, 20 episodes story that starts and begins at the end. It maybe shows up with some slim references in other seasons, yeah. but you have your story. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. And a lot of your like really popular shows that have been done relatively well that have been noirs haven't lasted very long, and mm-hmm. so they'll have like really big cult followings, but they're not shows that run for five, six seasons because. Most of the time, show starts, you have this crime that's been committed, uh, usually with some really nefarious motives, mm-hmm. cop that's trying to figure out uh, maybe bending the law a little bit mm-hmm. to fix it or to catch the killer, catch the person who committed the crime. And once the case gets wrapped up, there's really not much else to do after that. Yeah, it's over. And, and so a lot of these shows, like you see, like that's where things start kind of faltering is as the showrunners are trying to figure out, okay, how do we sustain this? Because we live in this like television model where longevity is the key. You need to get enough episodes in so you can drop in syndication and start making some money off yeah, of it. Yeah, yeah. You can't really do that with two seasons of something. Uh, it gives your average watcher less to grab onto. But so, like, I know when I started off thinking about this as, like, a genre, I, I think the shows that more of us probably watch, you see elements, are police procedurals um, mm-hmm. and then your various, like, forensic procedurals. Yeah. And and so I wouldn't call the Law & Order uh, universe of shows necessarily noirs. Right. Yeah, yeah. But there's a lot of elements in that because you have, I, I would say especially with, like, Law & Order, like SVU especially, um, you have, a, I, I would say that it's the darker of your, yeah. other, what are, yeah, the, right, are right, there right. three Law & Orders now? Sure. I, th- I think I, it's I lo- regular Law and Order, Criminal Intent, and SVU. I yeah, think that's the only intent. three. I don't even know if Criminal Intent still runs, or yeah, does lo- the original even run? I don't know. I think the original. I think the. Does SVU have the same theme song? It's really, really similar. Sure. Uh, it, I think the melody's kind of different. Yeah. I I feel like more people probably know the SVU one because. It's one that was more popular when all of us were growing up. Yeah, right. Um, also, it was just on the TV, all TV all the time. So I know that's why I probably grabbed onto it. I know, yeah. I feel like when I was in high school, um, if I flipped over to the USA ever, they were just playing that's, SVU. That's sure. Yeah, that's um, true. Yeah. I don't think it's even like a special occasion. There's like we're playing SVU for 24 hours this week. You're like this is the, week, this is the normal scheduling. USA. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, but I know the the first show that I was watching growing up yeah. uh, was Crossing Jordan. I've heard a You've lot. You've heard of Crossing Jordan? Show, it's it's available it. on Netflix. I think it's very very good. It was really on the beginning of uh, the forensic procedural type shows uh-huh. happening. Miguel Ferrer, I, I was in it for a little while, and oh, he cool. he comes up again in a minute for another show that I'm going to talk yeah, about. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, but Crossing Jordan is just about uh, this forensic analyst uh, for I think it might be Boston in the show. I can't remember. That feels right. Uh, it might have been somewhere weird or like Providence, Rhode Island or something. But um, she's <laughs> just uh, a forensic analyst who's helping police solve crimes, and and it does kind of askew reality. Like we know that like forensic analysts don't go out and like investigate murders and stuff. Right, they sit right, in offices right, right. and look at dead bodies. Right. Yeah. Um, but. It's it's dark and gritty and there's like a series of like killers that like come back multiple times throughout the show cool. and crimes don't get solved correctly and so they have to like resolve them and so I watched that growing up that was one of those my family um, I don't know what how whatever one else's families are like I know my wife's family wasn't really like this but we like didn't watch a lot of television away from each other television was like something that we did together communal yeah sure. and so like that was growing up in the nineties early two thousand yeah That's and how so it was. like yeah, we not would for us. not for y'all not at all. 
Chris, my brother, and I watch TV okay. together all the time, but my parents didn't watch anything. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah and, and so, like, I get this, especially from my mom. My dad uh, my dad is, like, a casual media consumer. He just, yeah. like, whatever's around him. Yeah. Um, plus, like, HGTV now that he's kind of retired, but that's uh, a whole different thing. Nice. Um, but so, like, my family, we would uh, end up eating dinner really late a lot of nights mm-hmm. because um, we were all really involved with school stuff. My mom was a teacher. My dad worked kind of late. Uh-huh. So we wouldn't have dinner until, like, 8 o'clock every night. And on certain nights of the week, there were certain shows we would always watch. And so we would just, like, drag all of our food in. And, and not even, That's like, cool. sit on, like, couches and, like, recliners. My family would, like, sit on the, the floor, floor yeah. Yeah. in our living room and watch Crossing Jordan. Uh, and watch, like, right now my parents, like, watch that. My parents also do that and watch, like, House of Cards. Nice. nice. Uh, my parents <laughs> are currently, I don't know if The Good Wife is still running or not. So. Yeah, my parents yeah. watch that. Uh, like, The Americans is something my parents still mm. watch. And so it's something that... Your parents have a yeah, my parents. I feel like I, I really got a lot of this from mom and dad. Yeah. Um, especially my mom. My mom's the one who like really was like into some of these shows. Yeah. And I find out about shows from my mom most cool. of the time. That's uh, she'll ask me, Hey, there's this new show starting cool. on ABC or NBC. Have you watched it yet? Like, no, mom. I don't have cable. Leave me alone. <laughs> I have I have to stream these things yeah. when they're available yeah, to stream. Yeah. Um, but so it started there and, and as I like got into college, um, my TV watching dropped off significantly because I just didn't have cable ever. Yeah. I, I just would stream whenever I could. Right. I think I actually, from like freshman year of college, uh, not really counting having TV in the dorms because even then your options aren't great right. and you're not really like basing your life around watching a show when you're no. 19 sure. years old living in a dorm. Yeah. yeah. Through like when I finished grad school and even like up to now, I think I've only had one calendar year. Where I could like watch things as they aired, uh-huh. Um, uh-huh. yeah, and that and that was like 2010, mm-hmm. um, and so that I think was like when The Walking Dead started. That was the the yeah. first show mm-hmm. in like a long time that I had like started watching when it started airing and watched every single week. Yeah, and then I moved out and I stopped having cable, so I had to just like yep. stream things or like borrow passwords from friends because yeah. <laughs> everyone Definitely. does that. Um, not an admission of guilt, uh, <laughs> but and, and so. I got into like back into grad school and so I started like watching a lot of stuff, just carrying my iPad around, streaming stuff. And yeah. the shows that I grabbed onto were um, the shows that I would go back and like rewatch, if not like whole seasons, series of episodes. Because yeah. I was just like so moved and so just like in it with these characters. Mm-hmm. And probably the first show like that uh, that I would think would be a noir is BBC's Luther. Yeah. yeah. Have, you, have you guys we seen love, Luther? Yeah, okay, great. I have seen all of it up until the most recent season. Okay. Um, I have not seen the most recent, and so if y'all have... Is four the most recent one? Yeah, four is yeah. the most recent. Yeah, I, I watched st- one, two, and three. I started watching the first episode, and it was one of those... I was trying to do the thing where I like I used to like carry my iPad around while I was like making breakfast and yeah. stuff, and I just couldn't do it. Yeah. Because by that time, that, that show's really interesting. I think I wrote down, they like... I have notes... Okay, that's good. Uh, so, so they, yes, so yes. like, so I can start talking about Luther. Um, t- quick synopsis of yeah, the show for, for people without really giving any spoilers. Um, Luther stars Idris Elba as DCI yeah. John Luther, who is a detective um, in London. Who, when the show starts, is coming off of I think if I remember correctly, like a year of suspension. Yeah, yeah. He um, killed yeah, he killed someone yeah. or like killed someone not slash help, let yeah yeah there's there's a, a guy who he's tracking who I think is like a child molester mm-hmm. and he lets this guy fall off of. Um, like a platform and die. Yeah. And he goes on a year suspension and he comes back. And the first episode uh, features uh, this parents who have been murdered and they're trying to figure out who it was that did it. And it's, a, and it's a real clean kill except for a couple things. And he's trying to pin it on one person who I think, and going back to like archetypes, is the femme fatale in the character. Yeah. Um, it's Ruth Wilson's character, Alice Morgan. 
and she She's comes crazy. back yeah, yeah. all throughout so, the show. But but I think it really fits well within that genre because um, Luther's not like a good guy. No, not at <laughs> um, all. He's he's really flawed in, in like in some really nice ways and some really frustrating ways. So some of it's really relatable. Like okay, like yeah, I, I wouldn't be perfect. I'm not gonna make those kinds of like decisions all the time. But then sometimes you just get real frustrated. Like yeah. man, he, he's kind of a monster. Right. Yeah. And uh, like there are times like maybe. I would also let this child molester. Yeah, and so like you can relate to that stuff. It's like really human. You you kind of like it's nice because you can watch it. You know what? Like if I was a detective, I I would probably let justice happen like that. Yeah. So he does stuff like that, and then there's another point in the show that really doesn't spoil because there's no details where he's scrubbing a crime scene with bleach. He like oh yeah he breaks into this person's house to get information about them illegally yeah. and then starts like bleaching down everywhere that he's been to cover up the fact that he did it. Yep. Um, but but I still really like it because he's really complicated. He, he has a, a partner for a big chunk of the show um, whose name escapes me right now and I didn't write it down. But I like it because they're able to have these nice contained stories. Each of the episodes is kind of like its own story yeah. and they, they're able to do what the, the BBC model where I think the episodes are anywhere from like an hour to like 90 minutes long. Yeah, and right. so um, you're watching through that. There's not really a ton of commercial stops, yeah. which really I feel like with a show, sometimes, I mean, you have to do it for network television. You have to have these breaks. But I think sometimes it can cause a bit of a frustration for writers because you have to write those breaks in. Very, oh, right, very like, sequentially. Yeah, you yeah, have to so think, like, you have to like write, act break, yeah, act you have breaks. to like act break. And so you have to like write a scene thinking, okay, this scene's going to end with like a hard stop. Yeah. And we're going to fabricate some type of hard stop, which maybe if you think about it, doesn't seem all that real. So we can go to like a 30 yeah. second commercial. Yeah, exactly. yeah, yeah, it's kind of, I, I, I kind of relate it to like shows that have laugh tracks where you have to yeah. write the, the pause. <laughs> in. Write think, I I mean, yeah. Think about shows that have laugh tracks, either because mm-hmm. there's an actual studio audience or they're adding them full in. Rest. Yeah. yeah. Full house. <laughs> and, and so like you have uh, bit, bit joke, pause, laughter. Yeah. yeah. Right. Back, to the, the back to the bit. And everyone like, just kind of stands yeah, there and when, looks when around. When cameos come in, you have to yes. pause for people to clap. Yeah. And, yeah. <laughs> um, just their hands. <laughs> and, and so I, you see the same thing, but... Uh, podcasting. Yeah. All of our... Oh, all all of our gesticulation. Gesticulation. Yes. Yes. Good there word. Go. Thank you. Uh, but so there's a lot of really great space there where they're not doing a ton of commercial breaks. I can't remember off the top of my head if they even do them for shows like that. And it's also kind of an interesting show format because um, it's not like our American shows where yeah. you have a season where you watch like 10 episodes and you have a break during yeah. Christmas, like all the shows that are running right now. Mm-hmm. And then you come off of that and then you have 10 more episodes and yeah. then you have the summer off. Mm-hmm. Um, I think the distance between the seasons of Luther sequentially got longer and longer and longer, yeah. mainly because Idris Elba became a much he's more popular, popular actor now. and he's doing a lot of stuff which I'm a, a huge of fan of yeah he's yeah, doing he's a lot great. of movies he's great. Um, and I really like the fact that even as he's gotten more popular he keeps going back and mm-hmm. I, I think I read earlier that there might be one more Luther thing it might be like a one shot mm-hmm. um, not really like a season 5 like or series movie. 5 like a movie right. link thing like they might do a That's two hour cool. thing but uh, so the show progresses like that uh, the season episodes uh, first season is six episodes yeah. um, seasons two and three are four episodes each and then fourth season is just two episodes yeah. oh wow really? yeah. yeah are they longer or the same length um, I, think I think it's the same yeah I think they're the same they're about an hour uh, without commercials and so yeah. they pass pack a lot in and what's kind of interesting about it and I think this fits the the genre is that um, there's some indetermined 
period of time between the seasons. They don't pick up immediately after each other. Yeah. Um, you're never really uh, sure. So it's just kind of like it's it's the seasons themselves are episodic in that they kind of yeah. stand alone. Yeah. You know that they're sequential, but you don't know how much time passes between this one and this one. Yeah. And they don't always fill you in rather quickly. <laughs> right. Yeah. You're. I mean, that's part of the reason like I. Yeah. Happened. That's part of the reason why I had to stop watching season four and kind of like set some time aside. Okay, I'm gonna get around to it because. It starts and it kind of just assumes that you know a lot of things that it <laughs> yeah. that, that it knows you don't know, but it's like we're gonna keep you in anticipation. We're gonna use this tension to kind of reel you in and yeah. probably not resolve all of it by the end of it. Yeah, but I, I think that's a good example. So that was one of the first shows uh, I started watching. That um, I don't know where it was in the release time of it, but it was fall uh, 2012. Okay. And um, season one is really, really great. Season two, I think, was my favorite. The the really? killers, yeah, the killers in it that he's mm-hmm. tracking down are really, really compelling. There's a um, one guy who's like a former sniper who was in Afghanistan who's um, killing people for a specific reason. And then the last two episodes, I think, are two of the most. Um, they they go together. It's like a part one, part two uh-huh, thing. Uh-huh. And it, in my opinion, might be some of the most like fascinating. Um, killers that you've ever seen in a drama. Do yeah. you do you remember? It's the guys. Mm-hmm. It's these two. I th- are they twins? I think they might be. They're brothers at least. Remember. It's these two brothers that have crafted this real world um, role playing game mm-hmm. that they're playing. And like so, when the first uh, when se- episode three of season two starts, this guy is like walking through a parking lot near a gas station and he pulls out this little book and he reads something out of it. I remember that. Yes, now, and now he like rolls the dice it. and he jumps up on top of that car and just starts beating the top of the car in. Yes. And, and as the show goes on and the stakes get higher, Luther is able to figure out that they're playing a game and that the so only way to catch them, yeah, that's yeah. why it's unpredictable because it's literally someone rolling a die and he's going to play the game with them and that's what sets up the end of the season. Yes, but it's so, so cool and it's, and it's really fascinating because... Um, there's not really anyone around who really approves of anything that Luther's doing, right. except yes. for maybe Alice, right? Yeah, yeah. Who pops up? I think maybe twice in the second season. She's on the run. She's kind of disappeared, and they're always. It, it, she gets cleared of the crime in the first episode. That's not really a spoiler because yeah. you know that they're not going to get her. But she spends the whole rest of the show kind of popping in, and people are like, "Oh, it's Alice Morgan. She's a criminal, but she hasn't been convicted of anything." Right. Yeah. Um, I will say for anyone that's going to watch it, he, he, the guy that's his partner for the first three seasons. Um, I consider myself a pretty solid listener, but some, with some accents, I have a lot of trouble. And Luther yeah. was also the first show that I had to watch with subtitles. Oh, wow. Because anytime his partner they would talk, lot, yeah, yeah he, he slurs a lot, and he's got this really thick accent. And I always joke that it sounds like he has, like, cotton balls in his mouth. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And he's kind of mumbling, and it's not – It's kind, I, I almost think it's like a production thing. It's intentionally not mixed very loud yeah. because it's just so fast all the time. They're just, like, flying into rooms and out of rooms and talking yeah, really quickly yeah. and a lot goes on. Yeah. Um, but I watched that one and, and then the second show uh, and the one that I wrote down like a little bit more of a cast about is it, Twin Peaks. Have either of oh, you man. seen Twin Peaks? I haven't Peaks? watched it. I've I heard a lot about oh, it. Oh man. And they're making yeah. a new Yes, one, okay. Right? And I'll, I'll get to that in a second. Okay. So yeah. um, Twin Peaks is I think the best example really? of of the the best things you can see in noirs and also why they ultimately fail for at mm, least American television. Huh. Uh, so twin, it's really short. It's, re- it's two seasons, and yeah. the first season is only half of a season. Like eight uh, episodes? It's like eight episodes. Like now, the, the I think so. I okay. think I remember reading somewhere that it was like a mid-season replacement. Like they'd been pitching it for right, a while, right. and they're like, okay, we'll give you eight episodes because something else got canceled, and it took its slot. 
Yeah. That happens a lot in TV shows. Yeah, like, you have shows that... The does. Office had like six mm-hmm. or seven episodes in their first season. Like, or it's, it's, like a, it's like a pilot season. Like, we're going to give you eight episodes, and if this does really well, we're going to give you 20 right, for right, another right. season. Um, And so it started airing in 1990. Uh, David Lynch is the guy that's behind yeah. it. He's a director who's done a lot of other a lot of really, stuff. really cool stuff, but equally really weird yeah. things. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. He, he directed Mulholland Drive. Yeah. Uh, he technically directed the first Dune movie, though his right. name's not on it because there's like a big rift between him and the people that made the movie because he doesn't approve of the like I think I remember reading that David Lynch sued the production company to remove his name from the movie yeah yeah I I know David Lynch he's like a I, I I like his stuff he's captivating he's really he's and he's a really fascinating guy he also does like music stuff anyway so Twin Peaks um kind of like thinking about noir's genre um Instead of having like an anti-hero character kind of leading the way, you've got this detective named Agent Dale Cooper. He's not a detective. He's an FBI agent um, who gets called up to the Pacific Northwest, to this little town of Twin Peaks, uh, because a body has been found. Uh, The big question of Twin Peaks is who killed Laura Palmer. Uh, Laura Palmer is a high school student in the mm-hmm. town, and, and Twin Peaks is, is relatively small compared mm-hmm. to like bigger areas. It's out in the middle of nowhere, and it's one of those towns where everybody knows everybody. And Laura Palmer everybody is... Everybody knows your name. Everybody knows your name. Oh. <laughs> there you go. Um, similar show. Similar to... Yeah, <laughs> Cheers, Very similar, Twin yeah. Peaks. Yeah. Um, but so everyone knows everybody. Everyone's into everyone's business. And, and yeah. Laura is like everyone's favorite person. Uh-huh. Um, she, she's your high school star. Yeah. She's uh, like cheerleading captain and she, like homecoming queen, that type of character. Yeah. Uh, the show starts... Uh, what's really interesting is... I don't think a lot of shows did this in the 90s, but the first episode is 90 minutes long. Yeah, it's long. They oh, wow. did a full movie-length thing on the first episode. I remember pulling it up. to I was like, it's time to watch Twin Peaks. Yeah. yeah. I, have a morning, I, I get up in the morning to watch TV, too, but I normally watch for 45 to an hour. Mm-hmm. And it was an hour and a half, so I skipped you're, it. You're like, I, don't I haven't have to, made it back. You're like, yeah. I don't have time for this. I'd have <laughs> yeah, exactly. to do this in two pieces. Um, but, it, but they showed the whole... It, it might have been like a two-parter, but now if you go back and watch it, it's they just have the whole 90-minute thing. It's on Netflix, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. I don't think it's ever going to go off Netflix just because yeah. it has such a cult following. And it, up until last year, there wasn't like a Blu-ray version available. Yeah. Um, the, uh, the Blu-ray was released for the first time last year. It's probably good for them to keep it around because of the reboot as well. Yeah, because they're going to start getting a yeah. lot of views probably on gonna, it. Yeah. Uh, but so Laura Palmer's body is found. Uh, mm-hmm. Her body washes up on the beach wrapped in plastic, uh, naked, um, and, like, and dead. Uh Broadchurch. Yes, yes. I feel like Broadchurch probably drew from it a little bit. Yeah, It's one of those things where when you start watching Twin Peaks, you start seeing how it has dropped into a lot of other shows. Some shows make real hard illusions. There's an episode of Psych that's just a straight reference to Twin Peaks. Really cool. Yeah, there's this uh, town called Twin Pines or something. (laughs) And a a couple of the smaller side characters show up as actors in that episode of Psych. That's cool. Because apparently the showrunners are big Twin Peaks fans. But so Laura Palmer's body is found um, after it's reported that she's missing. And the FBI gets called in because it's on a border. Uh, the town borders mm. Canada. Mm-hmm. And so the FBI has to come in because it's federal police. And they send Agent Dale Cooper, uh, played by Kyle MacLachlan, who is... Yeah. Isn't he, wasn't he the guy in Stranger Things? Isn't that him? Mm-hmm. Isn't that the detective in Stranger Things is the same I guy? So. I don't think so. I'll look, look that up. Yeah. I know um, I have this uh, I joke theory that Kyle MacLachlan, uh, despite how uh, the show kind of ends and what they're kind of saying from the movie, he's also in How I Met Your Mother. He plays Robin's – no, he plays the captain. 
Oh yeah. Okay. Yeah, and so I always joke with people. I try to like find ways for TVs to be shows to be in the same universe, and I always joke that How Much Mother is in the same TV universe as. We, we did an entire episode about that. <laughs> what, what's that one. show? What's that show? Uh, what was it? It's uh, the the hospital show. Gen, uh, Not General Hospital. No. Oh god. It was a very it's gonna like, bug me. niche show. So there's this the theory seasons. that at the end of this show, whatever it's called, I cannot think of the name. It's bugging me a lot. At the oh, end of the show, it's a um, mentally handicapped child, mm-hmm. and it like the very the finale of the show, the entire series finale is him is like it zooms out and it's him holding oh, the, the snow, snow globe. globe. Okay, yeah. I know what happens. show you're talking about. And the character. The detective in that show, the actor, has been in like many, many other TV shows playing that actor. So the theory yeah. is that all of these other shows that this actor has been in is also in this boy's imagination. So it's okay. this entire universe of TV that's, shows. See, that's a cool one. And that works. That doesn't take much stretching. I, the only other one I really have that I joke about is that um, the current like Disney Marvel movies oh, yeah, all yeah, take yeah, place yeah. in the same universe as The West Wing uh, because of one character – um, Coulson, the yeah. the Shield agent the Shield who agent. who shows up really early on in this year in the movies, and then like Agents of Shield is all around. Yeah. So that actor plays this lower level FBI agent on like three or four episodes of The West Wing. And cool. so it's like before. And so he gets promoted up into nice. Shield, and The West Wing already has this thing taken care of where the presidents after Kennedy are all different. Oh, and uh-huh, so uh-huh. sane elsewhere. Sane elsewhere. That's show. it. Okay. Tommy Westfall's. Also, no, that's not. That's that's the guy from Twin Peaks. Right? Yeah, that's oh, Kyle okay. McLaughlin. That's not, that's that's not him. No. no. Um. So yeah, Kyle McLaughlin plays Agent Del Cooper. Um. He's not your typical like anti-hero detective. You've seen yeah. a lot of noir stuff. Um. He's a little weird. Um. In okay. like the most like lovable kooky way possible uh across the show so he's always talking into this tape recorder making notes to himself that presumably are being mailed off somewhere i think they did this um this thing in the 90s where they had like a book that was like the notes of dale cooper mm-hmm. um <laughs> sometimes like, like a weird early media tie-in yeah, type yeah, thing yeah. that's fine but so he comes in because uh the body of laura palmer has uh um, oh laura also goes missing with another girl um and there's some markings that are found on those girls that are eerily similar to another body that he had been Uh, working on uh trying to track down um it's these little like pieces of paper with letters on them that are like underneath their fingernails that they find when they're investigating looking at the bodies and stuff and so he comes in because it's like right up his alley he's like okay this is has to be tied to this case that i'm working so he goes into Twin Peaks, and relatively quickly in the show, you kind of get like your your major cast of characters. So you've got Laura Palmer goes missing. Uh, her parents are involved. Uh, her dad's name is Leland Palmer. Um, that actor's been in a lot of stuff. I didn't write down his name. Um, but Kyle McLaughlin's character, Agent Cooper, gets hooked up working with the sheriff in town, uh-huh. whose name is Sherry Harry S. Truman. Uh, wow. And they make like multiple jokes about how he's named after the president, Harry yeah. S. Truman. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, <laughs> And you, you'd think that, like, with a show like this, they would, okay, they're going to focus on, like, the law enforcement characters yeah. and finding the killer. Yeah. But what's really fascinating about Twin Peaks is they do some real serious world building. And they do it relatively quickly. A yeah. lot of it, a lot of the major characters, and it's a large cast of characters, gets established in that first eight episodes. A yeah. lot of them in the first episode. So it pans out really, really wide. And they've got this really expansive town where there's all these side stories, and they're actually all connected in some way. 
way or another right. because people's and I mean that's what real life is like. You've got everyone has right. their own personal lives and it dips into other people's lives. Yeah. And the whole time they're just trying to figure out okay who killed Laura Palmer. And so you see some weird stuff. There's a point in the show where Dale's working with. Um, the the sheriff's department, the sheriff's deputies, and they're trying to figure out where something is on a map. And they do this bit that he says he learned from some Buddhist monks, where he goes and he has them like line up these milk bottles, and he's throwing a rock behind his head, and and, it, and they actually are able to use that to find someone. And what's interesting is that no one really gets it. The, not only like it's a weird town, but everyone knows it's weird. Yeah. Like there's a lot of like side side glances at people, like who right. who do we live with? Yeah, yeah. But so the show gets going. Um, but thinking about like how things kind of fall apart with noir. So the entire yeah. show is around who killed Laura Palmer, who killed Laura Palmer. And they figure it out relatively quickly. Okay. Um, you find out the identity of Laura's killer in the second season. And, and it's around halfway through it. Yeah. And so I, I think what they were trying to do, they were trying to like do some serious world building because the answer of who killed Laura Palmer, by the time you figure that out, there's a lot of other questions. Because you right, know right. there's something else going on in this town. Mm-hmm. The, the killer's motives are questionable when you finally figure out who it is and they're setting the stage for something much larger to take place and I really hope that's the direction they're going to take it with the Showtime revival uh-huh. um, show's coming back after over 20 years and they've brought back almost all of the major characters everyone that's alive oh, that's cool. is coming back Great. for it and so it's been like a longer stretch. I mean, everyone I know who was excited about Gilmore Girls coming back, and I was one of them, this this is longer of a wait than that. Yeah. And so it sets up something for that, but it has... Um, but so it, it, the reason the show ultimately got canceled, um, I think right. part of the reason it got canceled is because for just your average watcher every single week, someone who's not really, really into it, which I know this happened some then, but I, a lot of it's cult following. Yeah. It's people who have watched it since now, it was canceled. Yeah, yeah it's, it's yeah. younger people watching it now. Yep. Yep. Um, it gets canceled because you find out who the killer is, and a lot of people say, oh, so we know who it was. That's it. I, I, I haven't really watched it enough to really know why else Anything to keep else, watching yeah. this. Why is everything else important? And it also just ran into what happens with shows, and we see this happen all the time, where um, for some reason or another, I think the show originally aired on ABC. I can't remember exactly, but they moved the night that it was on, and they mm-hmm. kept changing the time mm-hmm. it was airing mm-hmm. and the night that it was airing on. And remember, this was 1991, right. so the only way you knew what time a show was airing is if they had a commercial for it, or or, or you TV had TV Guide, guide or yeah. if it was like in your local paper. I know, like when I was growing up, our local papers still had list like channels. the yeah. list of like channels and what was airing. But if you couldn't keep up with that, right? You weren't going to watch the show. And so a lot of people gave up on watching it about halfway through season two yeah. because they didn't know when it was airing. Yeah. And people would just miss episodes. And so your ratings just start plummeting when that yeah. happens. Sure, sure, sure. That's such a big deal in the 90s. Yeah, exactly. And and when there wasn't some, there wasn't on-demand stuff, you couldn't uh, yeah, you TiVo things, you stuff. couldn't stream stuff. That'll kill a show. Yep. And so it ends with a pretty significant cliffhanger. Um, you know who the killer is, and and but even knowing who the killer is, just like I said, produces more questions, and it just drops off. And there's a couple of characters' fates that are in major question. Wow. Um, but cool. Do you think it's whenever you think the reboot is going to <clears throat> pick up right where season two left off, but they're all older, and you know that they're older, or are they going to like make it real time? So based off of How do you feel some of the things that they've had, um. Something kind of like a trailer that they released. Uh-huh. Uh, David Lynch is also really interesting in that, like he was on working on the show and then he pulled back from it because he had some dispute with Showtime about 
um, length of episodes and how many episodes to do mm-hmm. and some story stuff. But he's back in it now. Mm-hmm. And a lot of cast members were saying, if he's not in, we're not in. Because yeah. wow. it's his baby. Yeah. He, he He's going to lead us through this. He's our Moses. Um, <laughs> but so I really think it's going to pick up right now. Um, I don't yeah. think they're going to make it seem like, oh, it's the next day and everyone's just older. Yeah. Though I feel like that might that actually work with the show because it's yeah. just weird enough that all the characters could be 25 years older and it never gets addressed. Kind of like if you guys watch It's Always Sunny in Philadelphia. Yeah. yeah. I like the season where Matt gets fat and it yeah, never really gets yeah. addressed until the end of the season. <laughs> he just decides, okay, he's going to be fat now. Yeah. And it, no one ever really talks no about it. No one talked about it, yeah. But I, it's going to pick up now. And I, from what I think they're going to do, I don't think they're going to answer a ton of questions right out the gate. I don't think that makes for a really good storytelling. It also doesn't fit that story. Um, And they've learned that if they address it too quickly, people might stop watching. And I I think, thankfully, um, television watching now has gotten to the point where those types of shows are working better than they used to. And I think it's because of things like streaming. Uh, The fact that you don't have to rely on watching a show when it airs or hoping you catch a rerun. That if you miss it, you can just watch it on Hulu, HBO, Showtime, whatever your streaming service is. I mean, that's what I do. My wife and I, we don't have cable. Um, the current shows that we're watching, we don't watch when they air. We yeah. watch the following day or yeah, whatever. Yeah, yeah. Uh-huh. Uh, but I think it's going to pick up there. And then, and then there's also something, my biggest question about what they're going to do with it in the future, though, is, so there's also a movie. Do y'all know about this? Mm-mm. Twin Peaks movie? There's a, there's a Twin Peaks movie um, that David Lynch was a part of. And, and so the show ended. And he said, okay, well, we're going to do a movie. We're going to bring back a lot of people. And they bring back a lot of major cast members. And there's a few people that they don't. And they recast them. And it doesn't work great. Yeah. But who knows how contract stuff works. Yeah. But he made the claim that it's going to answer all the questions. Because he was, they, everyone was under the impression that the show was over. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, and he was like, it's going to answer all the questions. We're going to know what's going on, why the killers are doing the things that they're doing, all that jazz. Mm-hmm. A- and it really, really doesn't. Um, it, it plays with some timeline things where mm. there's some stuff that happens before the show and some things afterwards. Yeah. And that's like part of it. Like there's some time jumping. There's also, it's just all of the weirdness of Twin Peaks, which is really, really appealing and wonderful, just t- goes all the way to 10 in the movie. It's called Twin Peaks Fire Walk With Me, uh, which is a phrase from the show. Oh, okay. And so it's a reference. Yeah, it's a reference to things Ooh. in the show. But there's just a lot of weird stuff. So like David Bowie is in the movie. Interesting. <laughs> as, as a character who, when they pitched it, they were like, he's going to be a b- really big role. And then he does not have a big character. He's not yeah, a very large right, character. Right. And that I mean, that was like early 90s. That was peak Bowie. That's when yeah, he was yeah. doing stuff. Yeah. That's when he was in movies. That's when you were looking at David Bowie to be in your right, movies. Right, 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 right. Um, but he's in it. And then... Um, Couple of other actors, right? But it, it it doesn't really answer your questions. And and my big thing I'm trying to figure out is where that's gonna fit in into like the canon. Yeah. Um, yeah. It it has events that lead up to the show and immediately afterwards because the timeline gets kind of fuzzy. Yeah. Uh, and are all of those things also gonna be incorporated? And are the people running the Showtime show assuming that you've watched the movie? Yeah. That's because a big deal. it's oh, yeah, because it's not yeah. very easy to get a hold of. Well, I I would imagine. Once people, if people are interested in watching the Showtime reboot, they're gonna go back and watch the original. I would hope. Like, I would, yeah, I would think so like, too. As this generation of TV watchers, yeah, like, that's, that's, see, that's like what you gotta go back I and watch like that's through assumed. everything. That's assumed yeah. now. You need yeah. to catch up. Well, it's one of those things. So, like the movie uh, Twin Peaks: Fire Walk with Me. Um, v- before the advent of DVD, VHS copies were pretty hard to get a hold of. Mm. 
Oh, um, yeah. DVD copies were even really difficult. I only watched it the first time because a friend of mine ordered it off of some website like overseas. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, they wow. didn't make a lot of copies of the DVD, and and most of the copies floating around are probably things that people are uh, torrenting online, yeah. or uh, when they release the the special edition like DVD Blu-ray box set, it has the movie with it. Yeah, and so cool. you can watch all of it if you have that. But for most of us, it's not readily accessible. I don't even know if you can stream it on Amazon. It's one of those things I don't know if you can rent it on Amazon. Yeah. Yeah. Because because the rights are in like a weird, questionable place. Yeah. Um, but so that was like the next one. And so I watched Twin Peaks and I was like, this is killing it. I love this. Yes. It is. It's funny. It's really dark. There's characters that just, you can't wrap your head around. Yeah. Um, and there's always more to know. Like the, the cast of characters, I wrote down one, two, three. Nine character names, and wow. those are like the big people. The main, yeah. Oh, and there's also a, a really funny, kooky thing they end up doing in Twin Peaks where so there's a few flashbacks early on that have Laura Palmer's character. Mm-hmm. Um, and apparently, the showrunners just loved the actress, and they thought, she's so great, but we can't just like keep writing in more flashbacks. Yeah. So they wrote in another character in season two uh, named Maddie Ferguson. Who's Laura Palmer's cousin and is just played? Exactly like no, her. it's the same oh. actress and she just has black hair. I don't she like She goes that. from being a blonde, so and the, and so like in the show though, there's all this several people like, man, Maddie looks a lot like Laura. Like they look like twins. And there's this one bit where uh, Laura's secret boyfriend starts kind of having a thing for Maddie because he thinks that she's Laura, or like uh, he right, thinks she right, looks right, like right. Laura. Right. Um, but it's one of those. It's 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 wonderful. Uh, and, and it had a lot of press when it was out. There was yeah. um. The three main actresses who were like the leads in the show were on the cover of Vanity Fair when the show was coming out. Uh, We will see you back next week to wrap up this conversation with Scott. This episode was recorded and produced by us, Michael LaRue and Jared Anderson. All the music you heard on this episode is from the Banksy of Music, Breakmaster Cylinder. You can follow me, Michael, at Twitter and on Instagram at Michael LaRue with one L, M-I-C-H-A-E-L-E-R-O-U-X. You can follow me on Twitter at OldBigBear, O-L-D-I-G-B-E-A-R. You can follow our show on Twitter at PlayItBackPod and on Instagram at PlayItBackPodcast. If you enjoy our show, make sure to review and rate us on iTunes. It helps boost our show and promote us to others. Thanks for listening. Be sure to tune in next week, same time, same station, 